0: Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Live On Purpose Radio. This is Dr. Paul, the shrink who expands your life with another episode of Live On Purpose Radio. And my fantastic guest today is a good friend of mine, Mr. Scott Halford. Welcome to Live On Purpose Radio.
1: It's great to be here. Thanks, Dr. Paul.
0: I'm so glad you're here. Scott, I have been teaching people what you taught me very recently and just to give our our listeners some context around that scott is the author of a book called activate your brain so you can probably already see why i wanted him on the show scott has studied the brain brain chemistry brain physiology what it has to do with how we show up in our relationships in our work in our life and so scott is one of those people who has helped me To figure out a little better how to live on purpose, and uh, that's the short version. Scott, you were here in Salt Lake City not too long ago. You shared some of your message with our chapter of the National Speakers Association, and at that time you taught us a little bit about how the brain works. How did you get into this to start out with?
1: Well, it uh, it just kind of it was one of those things that that uh, kind of just happened organically. I, I. was a psychology and communication major and then when I began to speak um several years ago. It's now been 27 years. Right around uh, 1995, I I got into the the emotional intelligence scene pretty early on. Mm -hmm. And I was doing quite a lot of work in in, um, physician leadership programs. And they always wanted to know the science of emotional intelligence. And really, EI, emotional intelligence, is is just the dance between the prefrontal cortex, the thinking part of the brain, Mm -hmm. and the limbic system, the emotional part of the brain. And when you get those two and, and, and are a little bit more deliberate about them you could be a lot more effective and so that science part kept coming up kept rolling out and I kept studying more and more and then I just decided to formalize it about uh, about 12 years ago and that's just kind of how i I, I got into it and I, you know I discovered that that you know people like the science but what they really like to know is that the science is there they don't <laughs> They don't always really want to have the geeky, wonky side of science like I like it. But uh, but right. d- you know, yeah, so knowing uh, knowing that there is actually science to effectiveness is always a, not only a surprise but a big boon for people. They're like, okay, good. There's there's data here.
0: Yeah, it's sort of like it, it validates it or lets them say, okay, this is really legitimate, people. And uh, I've found that my clients really resonate with – this idea that their experience is not just about oh i'm thinking something it it really has to do with the way the brain operates and how that how that uh mechanism the brain itself either supports us or gets in our way with what it is we're trying to do can you talk about that a little bit
1: yeah, I, I I absolutely love that topic because the, the I think the real thing that happens is we get in our own way because our brain is so incredibly suggestible that you can think a thought and create a whole neurochemical cascade just by thinking that thought. You know, you do, mm-hmm. you don't, there doesn't have to be a bear in the room for your body to react as if there's a bear in the room, and right, you know. Yeah. So, from an effectiveness standpoint, if you're an executive and um, you're you, you finding you have anxiety or you're going to go present and, and you got all those nervousness going on. You know, when you start to think about kind of what's happening is that, you know, the, the anxiety piece is that they're imagining something that actually is typically not true, but they've imagined it to such a place that their body has responded. Their brain has responded and, and oblige them on that neurochemistry. And so, We get in the way of ourselves because we don't oftentimes become intentional about what we decide to put into our brains. And certainly we're fed lots of messages. But, you know, being a lot more cognizant and, and, you know, by your language, living on purpose, you know, really being purposeful about what it is that you assign credence to in terms of what comes in, in in your life, in your brain. Uh, it's it's just really important to start to understand that your brain is going to go where you tell it to go, and it's going to uh, give you what you ask it to to give you. Mm-hmm. Uh, people who aren't purposeful oftentimes get bad things because they just they let the bad things that are swirling around them take over. And mm-hmm. uh, the other piece of it is is you know many people are are not very they're 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 a little bit confused about what they want. And um the the brain will give you what it what you tell it to give you and will do it extraordinarily well. But if you don't tell it to give you anything, it will attempt to try everything and take in and attend to give attention to all of the swirl and mess around us and do none of it very well at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: This starting place for me is the thought. Like you were talking about the thought that goes through our mind triggers our brain. Now, I want to make a distinction here between brain and mind because your brain isn't your mind. Your brain is part of your body. It's an organ in your body, and it responds to very determined physiological rules and processes. Your mind is you. It's It's the part inside of there that has a brain, But it's the part that some people think of as, you know, the person or the soul or the agent inside of the machine. And uh, the thoughts that we have then trigger the actual chemistry that determines where our brain will go next. I I love that you teach that, Scott, because that is so consistent with my experience as a clinical psychologist. Our thoughts cause our brain to have a particular chemical response uh, that then determines the the course of what's going to happen next.
1: Yeah. You well, and you know the interesting thing is when you begin to to kind of reduce it down to it's it's kind of finest point. Your every every thought is a chemical reaction in your brain, and you know when you when you look at is this a good thought? Is it a bad thought? It's a neutral thought. You know, so I need to. Um, I need to, to empty the dishwasher. Well, for me, that's a bad thought. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me. Uh, yeah, that's a bad thought for me. I uh, like The dishwasher. Yeah. Um, so it wouldn't be neutral. And you start to kind of look at your day that way and, and start to look at, um, you know, doing the laundry, uh, working on a project, having a discussion with someone, going and meeting someone um, in a social situation. Every single one of those is a thought. before before you do it and if you start to to notice it's called interoception which we believe to be kind of the sixth or for some people the seventh sense Mm
0: -hmm. And,
1: and interoception is just noticing what your body is doing every time it responds to a thought and easy way to think about it is um you know when you get hungry you know how do you know you're hungry well you know you're you're hungry because because what
0: you're paying attention to feelings in your body. Yeah,
1: and you feel it in your stomach and you hear it and it growls and that's called interoception. Well, most right. of us don't get past the, the interoception of either feeling tired or uh, feeling angry or feeling hungry, right, mm-hmm. kind of thing. There, but there is a constant message being sent um, to your brain about how you feel about things. And so every thought is connected to that. Everyone has a neurochemical basis to it. Mm -hmm. And how much credence you give it it will will, uh, really kind of predict whether or not you'll do something about it or if it will just manifest itself in your life. So, yeah, the, the, you know, the, the, the brain-mind thing is, is controversial. Some people think that the mind is the brain. Some mm-hmm. people think the brain is the mind. Others are down the path of the brain is the, is the architecture. The mind is what the brain creates. Mm-hmm. Um, and we all have the same architecture, but one thing is, is for certain that has been proven. We don't all use it the same.
0: That is for sure.
1: And and so therefore, I'm I'm in the camp that the mind is uh, is is what kind of the is it, it it really depends on how we use that architecture, mm-hmm. and so you know if you're using the architecture in a positive sense, um, if you are you know taking time out, meditating, and being purposeful about your life, and you know manifesting all of the things in your life or most of the things in your life that you think about and that you want your architecture is going to be driven by the positive states of neurochemistry and vice versa on the negative side. So, you know, I I just think, you know, for me, at least my life work is about, number one, helping people to really understand that this tool we have between our ears is just, it's a miracle. It's the most amazing thing in the known universe. And it's so complex and we can do, we can accomplish so many things with it, and so getting to know it is, is is huge. I'm going to China in a in a in a little bit, and uh, I'm going to be talking to a group there for the um, Chinese European International Business School. Mm-hmm. And in, in talking to my um, Chinese contact, I asked them, you know, so what are some of the things I need to know about the the culture and this topic in China? And it was really interesting because what she said was. Um, people are really interested in this in China, but they, it's not a big topic. But when they hear it, they're really interested. And mm. I think that's we're, – we're a little bit maybe ahead of that curve, a little bit in the U.S., but not much. People are interested, but they don't explore it. They don't look after this tool that is amazing. You know, we'll go work out our bodies, but do we work out our brain? We'll spend more money on our car than we would ever spend on our brain. And so yes. – you know, kind of get going down the path of this tool, we really want to take care of, and uh, you know, reduce the amount of dementia, and the, the amount of other other kinds of uh, mental maladies that come along because we don't take care of it. That's the first thing, and the second thing is uh, really helping. You know, for me, and I mean, I, I, I struggle with this every day, even though I teach it. Is uh, you know, getting aware of the signals your body is sending to you, and 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 if you logged them. You would begin to see how you actually live and how you actually think. Because mm-hmm. your your body is giving you kind of a a, a daily log, a moment-by-moment moment log, about well, there's a negative, there's a negative, there's a negative, there's a negative. <laughs> you, got a, you got a positive. And you know, we're I, I hate to be so reductionist, but we're at the end of the day, we're just really kind of a product of all our neurochemical interactions. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's so always, we, we just want to, I, I think choosing is, is the big thing, you know, starting to choose and, you know, it's, it sounds trite and trite probably because it's true, but mm-hmm. when you live by design as opposed to by default, um, it feels better. And that's a neurochemical reaction because you're getting what you want.
0: That is so <laughs> important. I think, uh, kind of like, uh, you were talking about earlier about interoception and how we, we monitor what's going on in our body, we can do the same thing with our thoughts, uh, which is a process I refer to as metacognition, uh, thinking about our thinking And, and monitoring that, like you're saying, to pay attention to it, tune into it, see what's going on there, because it will give you some clues as to what you can do about it. And then you mentioned choice, which is I think what we're going to come in with as we as we return from this first break. I think you've set that up beautifully. So let's uh, let's take just a brief moment here folks. This is Scott Halford at Live on Purpose Radio and we will be right back. Music. You all know that I'm excited about positive psychology. Finally, there is an app that is available to help you feed your happy. My friend Scott Wilhite developed this app. Scott, tell us about it. Well, uh, it's called Feed Your Happy. It's like seven habits meets the Fitbit where you get Mm, mental training on seven core skills to happiness, and you get the tracking ability, too, so that you can chart. Anything you chart improves faster. If you like apps, if you like games, if you like happy, this is it. Feed your happy. It's available now in the App Store. And welcome back. We've got Scott, Scott Halford today at Live On Purpose Radio. An expert on the brain, and we all have one, at least I would hope so, um, how to properly operate the equipment. Scott, that's what I've been thinking about as we've had this conversation. There's, there's uh, safe and productive ways to operate the equipment, and then there's other ways that aren't so safe or productive.
1: Yeah, they're ab- absolutely right. The The thing is, is that, you know, it doesn't come with an owner's manual, but we're trying to create one. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, because, you know, I think, I think, you know, the audiences that I speak to, they're, they're discovering, you know, you could see kind of almost the fear in their eyes when I, when I start to hit on points that they go, oh yeah, oh yeah, that's me. You know, where I'm having a little bit more forgetting than I think is natural or, Mm. um, I feel sluggish, you know, or I feel my, I just don't feel like I have a lot of energy or I'm really anxious. Right. So all these different things are coming out with with, in in people who are trying to be incredibly successful. They already are typically. Um, and when they start to break down kind of what's going on, it really has to do with how we're treating our brain. I, I, we got into, um, really a, a, a bad habit about, Oh, probably i don't know jeez probably about 5000 years ago and <laughs> <laughs> it's been a while and a long habit and the bad ha- we have got, got some good habits from 5000 years ago as well you know we have we have mindfulness and meditation to think that long ago well, the species uh,
0: has survived one way or another so we definitely have done it
1: but one of the things we did because we had to is we became agrarian meaning that we are like farmers we work when the sun is up and we sleep when the sun is down. And the, that's what we did because we didn't have any light. And then when electricity came on and now we do, we can actually be kinder to our brain because our brain isn't a you know 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. kind of animal. It needs ups and downs throughout the day. So people ask me a lot about you know if you were going to just do a few things to take care of your brain, what would you do? The first thing that I would do in this vein is – and I think these all have some some pretty um, equal kinds of pressure, so these are not in rank order, but – in in terms of breaking throughout the day, really important to to give the brain downtime and to replenish with both complex carbohydrates. That's not stuff that comes in a box, but typically that comes in nature. You know, com- complex carbohydrates and oxygenation. So you know, walking around, moving around, and hydrating the cells of your brain because your brain needs about ten more, ten times more. Uh, water than the rest of the cells in your body in order to operate. Mm-hmm. So we start to get sluggish when we wear down our glucose. We start to get sluggish when we haven't oxygenated properly and we start to get sluggish. And we get moody when we are not hydrated well. We'll actually get cranky. Uh, just drinking water can take that down a bit. We know from um, the science, a really cool piece of science that recently has been um, uh, recorroborated is uh, the idea that the brain, when it's doing something new, It can sprint for about 52 minutes. And then if you give it a 17-minute break, it's the perfect fresh brain, right? In my book, I talk about the 50-10 rule because I like even numbers, and I think it works better in the work environment. But you sprint for 50, and then during that 10 minutes, you either go take a walk or you go um, find somebody to giggle with, maybe play a game. Uh, But whatever you do, you hydrate during that 10 minutes, but you take a break, and you you completely attend to something completely different than what you're in. Certainly, there are exceptions. If you're on a roll, you can... Go an hour and a half, but mm-hmm. um, you you really want to pay attention to that because what happens is while aggregately you are going to work fewer hours in the day, you're going to actually have more attention. and And the uh, the, the the current thought is that one hour of focus time equals about four hours of distracted time. So, you know, if you're if you're just running around and popping up at every little pop-up and, and interruptions and this and that, and we interrupt ourselves more than anybody else will. We have about 70,000 thoughts a day that, that can uh, go, oh, my gosh, I forgot the dry cleaning. Oh, geez, I have to. Oh, right? We have that right. Enough. So your brain is trying to accommodate all that. And remember, everything is a neurochemical pull. And um, it gets tired, and we just beat it up. We, you know, and then we expect when we walk in it in, 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 into the door at night, you know, for us to be all lovey dovey. It's not going to happen, and so we, you know, we're hard on our relationships because the people we love get the spent part of us, and there's no good reason for that. So if we pay attention to those breaks, hydration, and 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 uh, the complex carbohydrate piece. Uh, it's it's amazing how you will feel throughout the day. You will have this evened out energy, and you just won't feel so exhausted. So that's the first thing. The second thing is we've all heard it, but it is so important. We are one of the most underslept uh, generations of our time, and I'm talking worldwide. Uh, we are just not sleeping well, and when we don't sleep well, our brain inflames. Our and our brain inflames anyway as we age, and you don't want your brain to 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 have a ton of extra inflammation because it becomes sticky. Um, the folds in the brain become sticky and they hold on to uh, beta amyloid and and tau proteins the, 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 the tangles. It's the thing that uh, is uh, you know, part of Alzheimer's. Uh-oh. And so we know that um, lack of of sleep is a huge inflammation. Uh, Factor for the brain. And we need that seven to nine hours. That's kind of the sweet spot. You've got to figure out how to get it. I understand there's seasons, there's babies, there's, Mm -hmm. but on average, we really start, need to start kind of thinking about that every night that this is my sanctuary, half hour before bed, no. No more emails. Do not bring work to bed with you anymore. Sleep is for sleep. It's not for laying down so that you can interrupt yourself with a random thought in the middle of the night because your stressor hormones so high. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a time your brain needs to consolidate and download all of the information you learn from the day. If you're not sleeping, you're not learning and your brain is deteriorating. It is shrinking. It, you, you're pelting it. It's just one of the worst things you can do is to not sleep well. And we all have bad nights. It's, you know, we, but the, the, the goal is become aware, do more of it, do more of it. And the final mm-hmm. thing, um, and there's plenty of other things, but the, the final thing is we know that if you want neuroplasticity, that is that we, you know, have 86 billion neurons in our head, approximately, um, as we age, they become farther apart. We become less plastic. They don't, the neurons don't find each other. Mm-hmm. And when they do, because we 've done something brand new, um, they connect, and when they connect our brain grows, so that 's neuroplasticity, and then there 's neurogenesis where we grow brand new neurons in our memory center or our motor center that 's where we 're finding neurogenesis, which is cool because we used to think that you came with what you came with, and as they died, you know your brain died, but that 's not true so actually doing two things number one is um, doing something brand new you 've never done before a skill you know cook, golf, you know something skill based the language uh play the clarinet, whatever. Doesn't really matter what it is, it's gonna cause that neurogenesis. Um and then um right along with that and and probably even more powerful is cardiovascular exercise. About 30 minutes a day, faster than you typically walk. That's all you gotta do. <clears throat> and and you know getting that in is really important for the brain to um, have. It, it has a, a factor called the BDNF or brain derived neurotropic factor. I like just saying it. Yeah. We call it miracle grow because it causes the brain to grow. So we know that older people who are active and in, well into their older age, uh, in, into old age, um, on average, have better brains than those who become sedentary. So. Yes, those are the things, you know, you got to sleep, you got to give it a break. You know, the brain needs a lot more breaks than we think. And, yeah. you know, that, I know that's antithetical. It's interesting. I speak in corporations and sometimes the look on their face, you're telling me to work less. And I am. I'm telling them to work less because in the time that they do work, I will have more of their brain. I will have more impact from the results I create than I ever will on a messy, distracted, tired, cranky brain. Yes. That's a mouthful, I know. I apologize to you and, listeners. But <laughs>
0: oh, I'm, I'm taking notes, Scott. And I've, I've read your book, and I know that there's other points in there that you make. It, it's so profound to me that, that the answers are so simple. Yeah. E- even like walking, you mentioned that, and I was thinking of a documentary I saw recently about blue zones. And you've heard of these places in the earth where people tend to outlive... Um, the rest of us, you know, they've got a, a higher average of longevity and that is definitely one of the factors. Of course, diet has something to do with it. Just being active. And if you have a chance to walk, take it.
1: it uh- Absolutely. I mean, I have a Fitbit and I go about ten thousand steps. I try to go for ten thousand steps a day. Mm -hmm. You know, when I was writing my book, I'd look down at my Fitbit and I'd see, you know, four o'clock in the afternoon I only had fourteen hundred (laughs) steps. Yeah. (laughs) I'd be sitting there all day. And so I'd look at my dogs and go, All right, you're about ready to go on one of the more robust walks of (laughs) Yes. So it's important. However, you get it in, you know, whether that's you know taking the stairs or or um, pacing on the phone while you're on a conference call, uh, you're walking around your house doing cleaning, you're, all of it. All of it adds up. You know, don't discount any of it. You, the movement is important, and uh, it's it's just really important for the brain. You're right, though, Paul. It's it is. It's simple things, right? It's it's simple things that your mom always told you and we've read a million times. But now that we have the brain science behind it, it, you know, it's interesting because I have people who tell me that they heard all those things and they always applied it to their body. Right. And they they weren't quite as motivated. But now that people are a little bit afraid because, you know, many of us have parents in that age where they do have dementia or Alzheimer's or, you know, or we're experiencing Mm -hmm. some of those symptoms ourselves, we we sit up and take you know take note and say all right if this is for my brain i'm absolutely going to do it
0: which is <laughs> folks part of your body it's actually an organ in your head and and you're right scott i mean we we look at something like cardiovascular exercise and think oh yeah i do need to lose a little weight and i'd look better and you know we focus on the other parts of our body and forget that the most vital organ in our entire body is our brain. It consumes more energy. It requires more nutrition. It, it, it is the most important organ in our body.
1: You know, it's, it, it is. And it's, you know, what's interesting is it, when you, when you look at kind of the studies that show what happens to the brain as it, you know, in starvation, um, mm-hmm. and in dehydration, you know, you can go, you can go longer without food than you can sleep. <laughs> and you can go longer without sleep than you can hydration. Mm-hmm. And the the as, as you are missing all of those, someone who's caught out in the middle of the desert or something, uh, what would happen is the brain would selectively begin shutting down every one of your organs, just slowly. But it would shut them down. And you get a little euphoria of that because your body begins to kind of have ketosis. It eats itself, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, finds the fat. But the brain knows that the brain – is the most important thing. And so everything it does is to keep it surviving. It's it slow. It, and, and, and when you think about it that way, that, that, you know, it is, it is the captain of the ship, it's your tool. Um, you start to take care of it a little differently. Right.
0: right. Thank you, Scott, for your contributions to help us all activate our brain and, and maybe take a little better care of that most vital organ in our body for every aspect of our life. This, this impacts, obviously, our work and our relationships and our emotional and mental health. Um, very key. Thank you for that contribution. How can people find you if they want to get your book or, or engage with uh, the other products and services that you're offering? What's the best way?
1: Yeah, so uh, my website is www.completeintelligence.com. Just all one word, completeintelligence.com. Um, feel free to send me an email if you have questions. I'm just Scott with two Ts at completeintelligence.com. And my book, Activate Your Brain, along with the other one, Be a Shortcut, which is about emotional intelligence. You can find that on Amazon, on amazon.com, both of them. Oh, um, wonderful. Yeah.
0: And I'm sure through your website as well, they can connect to the books.
1: Yep, that's absolutely right.
0: Well, folks, there you have it. From the brain expert himself, Scott Halford at Live On Purpose Radio today. Um, I think it's time to get out there, activate our brains, and to live on purpose. Scott, I want to give you the last word. What do you have to to leave our listeners with as we depart today?
1: I really believe that at this time in the world we need to be kind with each other. I think that we need to show compassion which our species is is able to do and no other species it, it can do because of our brain and that compassion needs to happen um, from from person to person to country to country to continent to continent. We just I think we should exercise our humanness and the, and the good side of it. Mm-hmm. That's what I would lead with. <sighs>
0: Very neat. Very neat. All right, Thank folks, you. it's time. Go out there and live on purpose.